One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. So good to see you this morning. Orlando, Florida. It can't be a better place to celebrate Easter. You know, I was thinking about the best place in the world, and I thought, why not Orlando? Come on, somebody. And I think you have, what, what was it, 75 million coming through town, something like that every year. So I, I, I just said, I'm, I'm joining. This, that track record says something, right? And today I have a message that I like to deliver here uh, in, 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 in the company of all my good friends. I want to thank Jennifer and Justin and Ron and Sandy for the great hospitality that I'm always receiving here. And this morning I have my son with me, Adam Amritzer. Why don't you stand up, Adam? Let them see what a start. Adam is 20 years old, single. So all the single ladies. All right. Oh, okay, no, I can't quote that song. I know. So we have uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this amazing verse that says, Where or death is your victory? Let me quote that one. Where or death is your sting? So we know the Son of God, Jesus Christ, conquered death, hell, devil. Come on, somebody. Rose again on the third day and broke every limitation that there possibly is, right? How many of you understand me, by the way? Some of you are having trouble. You hear I was born in Dutch, Pennsylvania. No, no. I'm an Austrian. And then I married a good-looking Swedish. That's why the sun is looking good. I got nothing to do with that. I just married a hot woman from Sweden. And then uh, I, I went down to Africa as a missionary, 22 years old. And when I came to Africa, uh, uh, I was um, coming out of, you know, atheistic, agnostic, humanistic Europe, where we had a lot of limitations to the mind. How many of you get what I'm saying? And uh, the, one of the first things that happened on the first week I was there, that was that my mentor was going to a funeral in a little village. And, uh, and she said, you can come. It's not, really, uh, it's not really a big deal if you don't come. Uh, and, and I've been traveling a lot. And I've been, just been situated in my little hut down in, in, in Kenya. So I said, I'll stay. And she went to the funeral Man, have I regretted that, when you will hear the end of the story. Uh, you know, in Africa, especially in equatorial Africa, you bury at once. You don't leave a corpse under the sun, right? So you bury at once. But this time, the villagers has kept dad on a table in the middle of the village for four days. So uh, he started to smell, Yeah. And when this missionary came into the village, they were all anticipating that when she starts to pray, daddy is going to be resurrected. So they had daddy on this table, and she said, I had no faith for that. I was just thinking I was going to, you know, yeah, comfort them a little bit and then get the man in the ground. And, uh, and when they gathered around the table and they took one another's hands, the villagers started to pray desperately to God. They said, the woman of God has arrived. Anointing has arrived in the village. Daddy is going to be resurrected. And in the middle of this prayer, daddy sits up. This is a, are you hearing me? This is a true story. It's, it's not a fairy tale. Daddy sits up on the table and says, 
why am I on this table in the middle of the sun <laughs> and want something to eat and want something to drink? Man, was I bummed I didn't go to the funeral. How many of you get? So sometimes, we, you know, there, there are some funerals that are a little different. How many of you know what I mean? And Jesus' funeral was such a funeral, right? Three days later, he came out of the grave. And we believe that there is resurrection power and there is power in the Holy Spirit to break every limitation in our lives. And I've been praying, Justin, I'm not just coming in to your church on a Sunday pulling out something. I've been praying to be able to give you guys something in the middle of your building process and in the middle of where your church is at. And this message is ringing in my spirit, okay? So let's go to Zechariah together in the Old Testament quick. Zechariah chapter 2. And um, when we go there, we're going to read a prophetic text to Israel. Some of you are wondering, what does that have to do with us? Well, if you are a little bit familiar with Apostle Paul's teaching in Romans chapter 11, you know that we have all as believers in Jesus been grafted into the olive tree, right? That is Israel. So when we read a promise to Israel, we can take it to heart because we are now part of the people. How many of you get what I'm saying? We are new covenant believers. We believe we are part of the people. So when we read this text, I want it to be a prophetic text to one church, Park District. And it is Zechariah the prophet having a vision. And we read like this. Then I looked up from verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1. And there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. And I asked, where are you going? And he answered me to measure Jerusalem to find out how wide and how long it is. And why the angel who was speaking to me was leaving, another angel came to meet him. Are you all with me now? Zechariah is having a vision. He sees a man. And there's an angel speaking to Zechariah. And then that angel leaves and another angel shows up and starts to talk to that. How many of you get where we're at? Okay. And then he said, run. Tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of people and animals in it. And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord. And I will be its glory within. Everybody shout amen. So here is what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to one church today. That what God wants to do in your lives and in the future of this church is so big, it cannot be measured by human standard. Can we take that to heart? God wants to raise up a church, downtown Orlando. God wants to raise up a church in this city that is a church without walls. Are you hearing me? A church that is always open to people. So it, it, it is a church that will have so many it needs to assist and care to that there can't be any other walls but the walls of the Holy Spirit, the walls of the fire of the Spirit, and there's going to be glory within. So I want to prophesy this over you. Can I do that? Speak that out over you. You are going to be a church without walls, and what God is about to do in your lives, both as a church and as individuals, is far too great to be measured by any human standards. Let's go quick to First Corinthians and Paul. Uh, Teaching us 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10 where it says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen. Think about that now. No eye. What no ear has heard 
and what no human mind has conceived. We have conceived some pretty great things. There might be some engineers in this place, right? Some researchers, right? Might be some awesome brains in this place. But get this now. What no mind has conceived so far. Paul says, these are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love Jesus? So then God has prepared something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived. That is a surprise, something that he has prepared for you. And it says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. And the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And I really hope that this Easter Sunday, this Sunday morning, is going to be a Sunday where we come together in the Holy Spirit. And where we catch a glimpse of what the Holy Spirit wants to do among us. In your life individually, but also in the church life. So before we go in to continue this message, let's take one another's hands right where we are at. Stand up quick and just pray together. Can we do that? Lift up our hands together. Pray for the future of one church. Hallelujah. And if you would like to lift up your voice, you can do that. And we're going to pray. Father, we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of resurrection, the power to break every limitation. Father, I pray that today you will break the limitations of our minds, of culture, of tradition. You will break, break the limitations of guilt and shame and everything that can possibly hold us back. I pray for a Sunday of broken limitations for each and every one of us. Break limitations in the name of Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ah! Sorry, if I, if I go a little African on you today, you can just, just you know, get an elbow to your neighbor and say, after all, he's been 27 years in Africa. You have to excuse him. So you hear? So, uh, so here, here we go. How many of you have heard about the little elephant that they took from Serengeti in Tanzania and put into the circus? This little elephant, so they... They put a chain around his, um, his ankle, anchored it to a pole, and the little baby, some of you have heard the story, right? Some of, some of, so, so he learned that he could only move in this circle around the pole, and every time he, he jerked or tossed, he, 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 he got blisters, right? His skin started to break and bleed, and he knew from very early on that this was his limited area. This is where he could move. And it got stuck in his, in his brain, right? In his memory. So when he became big, humongous, all muscles. They didn't even have to put the chain around his ankle anymore. They just put the little cord. A little cord. And anchored it to the pole. And as soon as the elephant just felt a little pressure towards its skin, it knew, no way, I can't break out of this limited circle that I'm in. And I would like to say that I think it is like that with almost each and every one of us. I don't think that there is anyone in here that don't, I mean, that is free from some kind of limitations that have been brought to us at a young age. We all grew up in different cultures, don't we? How many of you know culture is a strong thing? I come into America and I, and I try to fit in, but after all, I grew up in South Europe. I'm an Austrian, so I make a fool of myself from time to time because we have a different culture. And um, how many of you know that traditions, 
especially church traditions, the way we approach God, the may, you know, the way we are used to hear the word of God, the way we are used to worship can be super strong. And uh, we can feel very limited if it breaks these traditions and it becomes a little different. And, and we can be almost ticked off and feel like I can't, I, 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 I can't come along or I can't receive because it is not according to what you are used to. And we have these limitations of the mind, of culture, of traditions. And we can also be very limited, how many of you know that, by guilt and shame. We might have grown up in a legalistic culture where we were never good enough. We had a long list where we never felt, we, we never prayed enough, we never fasted enough, right? We never read the Bible enough, we never evangelized enough, and you just feel like you're a second-hand believer, second-hand Christian. And I'd like to say this to you today, that we all need the breaking of limitations. How many of you are in for that? How many of you understand that you are an elephant in Christ Jesus, Right? I've, I've been here before and then I preached about elephant faith. But I, I'd say this, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? You have been declared righteous. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You have been forgiven. Come on, somebody. It is finished. So no guilt, no shame can hold you back. You are a, a big elephant with a little cord around your ankle. You can walk out whenever you want to. The elephant could and so can you. And you can drag that cord and that pole with you and just walk straight out, right? I grew up in a little, little place down in South Austria at the Slovenian-Italian border where we were drinking beers, playing cards, picking a fight, chasing girls, and we mixed that up a little bit. But, you know, that was pretty much everything we did. And if we did a long vacation, we went to Italy. Come on, somebody. And our perspectives were not really big, you know. I thought I knew English, but really I knew 10 words, you know, that I learned from the Brother Cartwrights and, you know, Bonanza and, yeah, the little house on the prairie or some of these. But most, most of the movies that came from America were really dubbed into German. How many of you know what I'm saying? So there was just some cuss words that were still in English and some other things. But so, so I didn't know much, but one day... Jesus was preached to me, and I ripped up the pole and brought my cord and my pole all the way past the Alps, went down the booth of Italy, walked straight over the Mediterranean Sea, through the Sahara Desert, and ended up in Africa as a missionary, and where I'm constantly breaking limitations. And I like to say this to you, don't let your background hinder you. Don't let your culture hinder you. Don't let your tradition hinder you. Don't let what has been put in your mind as a kid hinder you from going to the maximums, are you here, to your potential, to what God has for you. Can we all agree that we are in for the breaking of limitations, that we all need it, and that we all need the Holy Spirit to come upon our lives? Okay, I was in one of those meetings down in Tanzania at Lake Tanganyika this last summer, and uh, uh, we ha it, was, it was fantastic. On the first night, um, you, you see, Kigoma is the town. It has 250,000 people. And we had 207,000 on our festival ground. How many of you get what I'm saying? 207,000. So, so we really reached that place, right? And when we started casting out demons after salvation call, which we do, uh, some think that's very radical. It's just what Jesus always did. 
So uh, you you need to start if you haven't yet. That's just a, just Jesus' life, right? So we started casting out demons, and when we were casting out demons, all of a sudden there was a guy running in. They were carrying out people. Guy running in, a Muslim guy from a petrol station, and he said, "I need someone with black belt in spiritual warfare." <laughs> I need an exorcist. I need, because on my gas station, people are rolling on the ground between the pumps, everywhere around and inside the shop, and they are foaming at the mouths and, and, and screaming, and, and, and they are wild, and I think it's demons. So we had to send a few bishops and some pastors, a little delegation, a little troop, to this Muslim man's gas station. Now, many of you know that limitations are broken now, right? Then another guy comes running in. He's also a Muslim, and he says, I have a supermarket, and in my supermarkets, it's crazy right now. I don't know what you guys are doing here. This was far from the festival ground. He said, I got people in between the shelves, everywhere, on the floor, rolling on the ground, manifesting demons. So we had to send another troop of exorcists, another troop of, you know, black belt prayer warrior Christians to that place. And then the third guy came running in. He, was, he had his house on a little alley uh, where, the, where our loudspeakers were facing. And he said, on my alley, outside of my house, they are everywhere in the streets. How, and, and we had to send another group there. How many of you would say, that's what we need in Orlando, huh? Wouldn't you love for the Holy Spirit to be some of you? Oh, I'm not sure, no, no. Because you just want cultural Christianity. Is that it? A little Easter, you know, a little cozy time and... A little Christmas, is that, is that it? Let me provoke you Americans a little bit. Is that it? No, no, no. If you got to have this thing, you got to have the full package. Why should we sit in church if there shouldn't be casting out demons and healing and, you know, miracles and signs and wonders and answer to prayer? Why should we waste our time with a little culture? Culture won't change anyone. I come from a non-Christian background. I'm a first-generation believer, and I'm a radical believer. You know, the, what the psychiatrists and the doctors and the pills couldn't do to my alcoholic mama, Jesus did. What no institution could do, Jesus did. What no institution, no prison could do to my gangster dad, Jesus did. Are you here? What no, what, no one could help my baby sister who was a heavy metal rocker and, 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 and just full of demons. But Jesus could. So I'm here to tell you, culture won't help you. Uh, are you here? Christmas and Easter is not Christianity. Christianity is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It is the breaking of limitations, the breaking of chains, of setting free. All right? Come on, say an amen quick, or I'll have to put in the reverse and run you over again until you say an amen, because you have an African preacher in the house today. Are you here? So, <laughs> oh, whoo, all right, okay, okay, come on, come on, come on, you're on. So then we, we, we had this guy, all of a sudden that came with his brother, and his brother was deaf and mute. And he said, well, I, I, I don't know, but I just want my brother to be in the atmosphere because he's been pretty depressed the last couple of days. So some of the ashes thought, because we have some places in the festival ground where no one wants to sit, and that's exactly where the loudspeakers are facing. So it's always like an aisle there. So they put this deaf and mute guy right in that aisle. I mean, they thought it was practical. He can't hear, but he is in the atmosphere. But in the middle of the sermon... 
He runs to his brother because sound is rushing into ears that have never heard. This is what I believe in. You see, what we do is bigger than us. How many of you know that? I'm a first generation little little worm of a believer. I say like Apostle Paul. I'm the least of all of them. You know, I'm, 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 if, if you knew how simple I am and who we are that preaches the gospel and see these things. But the gospel is powerful. The message is amazing and it breaks limitations. And all of a sudden this guy, without no one laying hands upon him, no one praying for him, has his ears open. And now we've been in contact with him a year later and he has learned to speak. Isn't that fantastic? So he speaks. Only the gospel does that. I want to continue a little bit. It's so easy to get stuck in your mind about how God have and should be working in our lives. How many of you know that? But there's power and miracle power in a brand new thought. How many of you remember John's Gospel chapter 5? Let me see. How many of you are Bible readers? John's Gospel chapter 5. All right. It is the pool of Bethesda story. Does it ring a bell? So, so Jesus comes to this pool in Jerusalem. Where that has some some kind of a what shall we say in English uh, a healing legend. So uh, uh, there's an angel at that pool, uh, and we must believe that this was the case because otherwise there wouldn't have been hundreds of disabled and handicapped people laying around in the colonnades around it, waiting. So from time to time, the Bible tells us an angel stepped down into the pool, stirred the water, and the first one that was into the water when it was stirred was healed. Right. So there were handicapped people laying around that pool. And, and here Jesus comes into the site. And here's this guy who has been there for 38 years. How many of you remember? Huh? And Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? How many of you understand that's a provocation? If you've been laying around a pool with a healing lottery, okay, for 38 years, and someone asks you, do you want to get well? So he's like, I can see he's so offended, but he doesn't want to let his eyes off the pool. Because every time he crawled away on his elbows to buy a Jerusalem Post and a Snickers, the water was stirred and someone else got in. How many of you, I mean, it's a sad story. Don't laugh. It's a sad story. Don't laugh. All right. Okay. You can't laugh. I'm just kidding. So, so, here, so here this guy is neurotic, eyes locked on the pool. How many of you know that we can become like that? We've experienced God in one way. We've had a miracle one way. And this is the way God is working. How many of you know, well, this is what I hear so often when I travel. Well, this is not Africa. You know, this is not Africa. This is what they tell me in Europe. This is Sweden, you know. So they are kind of saying to me, it's, it doesn't work like that around here. Okay? So this is what Jesus got at the pool of Bethesda. So God is coming. You know, this guy is praying for God to heal him. And now God is there in the flesh, but he comes from the sidelines, from another angle. So he can't see it. So he says, no, 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 let me. And now the guy starts to explain to God how God does miracles in Jerusalem. How many of you know this? This is us sometimes, right? No, 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 God, let me explain to you. You're in Orlando now. In Orlando, it doesn't work that way. You gotta see the preacher gotta say, you who have a red and a blue sock on, and 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 are you here? I, I don't know what kind of charismatic tricks you have in Orlando, are you here? But they are different all over the world, are you here? But I can tell you this, God is not into tricks. 
All right? God is not into any tricks. So, so he, God comes in the body of Jesus Christ and he stands there and he says, hey, do you want to get well? And the guy says, no, 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 let me explain to you. This is how God works in Jerusalem. An angel has to step into the pool, stir the water, and the first one into the stirring, he is healed. And he's just locked. And I think that that's me and that's you at times, isn't it? We have experienced God in a certain way. God has come through for us in a certain way. He's done miracles for us. So we are having our eyes locked on how it's going to happen. And that's a problem. How many of you know that? How many of you know that Pentecostalism that we think is such a free, free way of worshiping can become super traditional too? The elders has to anoint with oil, and this is how it's going to happen, you know. Baptism first, and then baptism in the Holy. And how many of you know God just loves to bust that? He just loves to bust all that. He doesn't work according to our theology. Are you here now? Oh, hallelujah. God is bigger than theology. Some in here that are reading systematic theology say hallelujah fast. God is bigger than theology. God is bigger than the limits and, the, and, 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 and how, how we try to catalog God. God is bigger than that. So can you imagine how hard this is when Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk? It cannot be that easy. It cannot be that easy. I've been laying around this pool 38 years. What do you mean? But a brand new thought is planted in his mind, right? And he picks up his mat and he walks out in full view of everyone. And I like to say this to Orlando today, that it's good to think a brand new thought at least every 38 years or so. You know, now and then, once a generation, it's good to think a brand new thought. Are you here? So the guy walks out and he's healed. And, 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 and here is what I believe. When I came down to Africa, I had to break every one of my limitations. Culture was not the same. Traditions were not the same. People were thinking differently. Minds were differently, right? And my limitations were broken, 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 broken until I was just back to zero. God, just do whatever you want to do in my life. I'm in for the ride. Let me experience this. And now when I come back to Austria... They don't think I'm Austrian anymore. How many of you know what I'm saying? They, no, this is not how it works around here. Are you really Austrian? Are you really from here? And, and when I'm in Sweden, where I, you know, where I picked my wife and lived a part of my life, and they, they, they say the same, you're not a European. And when I'm in America, they say, yeah, you're definitely not from here. And, and, and then when I'm, some, and when I'm in Africa, I'm the foreigner. How many of you get what I'm saying? So I've just come to the conclusion, I am a kingdom of God man. I want to be a Holy Spirit man. I don't want to be tied down by any traditions or any culture limitations or any mind, mind walls. So yeah, I just, and I would like you to join me in that. Can we, can we build an embassy of the kingdom of God in the middle of Orlando? Are you hearing me? A, a place where God's kingdom rules, where things are different, where things that are impossible somewhere else are all of a sudden possible because we are at the embassy. We are behind, okay, 
God's wall of fire. Hallelujah. And I want to prophesy this over, over, over your church. And I want to prophesy it over, over your leadership and your people. That you should be a limitless people. Are you? Not just when it comes to the miraculous, but also how people ought to express themselves. Artistically, right? Differently. God moves in the silence. God moves in the storm, isn't it? God moves every possible way. You, you know, we don't care if you, are, if, if you grew up a Methodist or a Baptist or a bicyclist or a Muslim or a Hindu, are you here? Or an atheist or an agnostic. We just know this is the kingdom of God and that's where you belong and this is your place and you have found your tribe, isn't it? How many of you have heard about the Danish fairy tale about the ugly duckling? Is that famous in America? Yeah? You know, this guy teased all the time, looked, didn't, didn't, didn't look the same, didn't fit in, and then all of a sudden, the ugly duckling found his tribe, the other swans, and took up flying. And I would like to say this, I felt like an ugly duckling in my culture. Maybe some of you have always felt like an outsider or you didn't fit in. Listen to me. You fit in with Jesus. There's a place for you in the kingdom of God. There's a place for you where there are no limits. There is a place where you will fly like a swan from nation to nation. And not just 30 yards with the docks around the farm. Are you here? Hallelujah. You will break your cord and you will run. And you will lift like a swan and fly. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, how many of you know that? <laughs> I'm getting so, this is so funny. Jesus said to his 12 disciples, go out in all the world and preach the gospel. How many of you remember? And then they stayed in Jerusalem. Built a mega church. They, 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 I mean, how bad can it be? Let's gather as many people as we can here. Let's build a name for ourselves. Do you, do you get, how, how many of you understand that um, just gathering a lot of people may not be success? That a real successful church is not just a church that gathers people. Because you can do that with good entertainment, isn't it? You can do that with the right, you know, structures. But a great church is a sending church, right? That, that, that sends people to the unreached people groups that wants to advance the kingdom of God where it's never been preached. And, and they lost the whole concept, trained by Jesus himself. There's good hope for us. How many of you get what I'm saying? Think about Peter. Peter gives me such a hope. He's in the discipleship training of Jesus for three and a half years. And when they come to catch Jesus, he cuts off an ear. You know, he was a hothead. How many of you get what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. There's hope for you because not many, many of you have cut off ears after three and a half years in Bible study. But that's, that's the disciples Jesus picked. And they, they lost the concept, so they stayed in Jerusalem. So God had to allow a persecution to come. Well, then the whole church left, but the guys still stayed. The 12 stayed. Built it again. God had to allow another wave of persecution to come. And then they finally left Jerusalem. And Peter comes to a house... Where Tel Aviv is today, uh, in Joppa, and he stays at the letter worker, a letter industrial guy. How many of you know Simon the Tanner? And he stayed there as a guest, and he's still not understanding why he had to leave Jerusalem. And there on the rooftop of Simon the Tanner, he prays and receives a vision. How many of you remember? And I'm going to be very provocative now. 
a big sheet is coming down from heaven. I can't say that word. Uh, I've always pronounced that word wrong. A big sheet is coming down from heaven. And I think it's brilliant because I was one big S and Jesus cleaned me up. How many of you? I was a big piece of S and Jesus cleaned me up. So here comes a big sheet. He's praying, but he doesn't know what he's receiving. He's receiving a church plant. Right? And what comes down? Unclean animals, lizards, rats, bats, pigs, snakes. I mean, how many of you have prayed for a church plant? I've planted some churches, and what you really wanted was, you know, strong givers, you know, lawyers, doctors, teachers. And what did you receive? <laughs> Addicts, drag queens, and beggars. Are you here today? What did you receive? So, here they come down, straight from heaven. The bats, the rats, the pigs. Peter says, no, I've never eaten anything unclean. He's a kosher Jew. How many of you? No, 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 no. I've never touched anything. And three times Jesus tells him, don't you dare call anything unclean that I've declared clean. How many of you are happy for the gospel? Wow. Breaking limitations. Taking him on unorthodox paths. And I like to prophesy this over you. God will lead you to the pigs and the rats and the bats and the snakes of Orlando. Well, you prayed for a church plant, Justin, uh, Justin and Jen. You prayed for a church plant. God is going to fill a big sheet. <laughs> Hallelujah. And deliver it in you. And some of you say, you can't say that. I can't pronounce the word. Please have mercy. And I'm saying it to provoke you because some of you are saying it outside of church every day. And then you come into church and all of a sudden it isn't acceptable. What's the matter with you, you little hypocrite? Are you here? So, so what we need is a big sheet coming down from heaven <laughs> full of rats and bats. Can't you see that Jesus is provoking Peter? And when he comes to the house of Cornelius, this dirty Italian, oh my goodness, they are worshiping Jupiter and Mars. Some of you wonder, why are you saying dirty Italian? Because I chased Italian girls my whole upbringing. And I was beaten up by Italian brothers and cousins my whole upbringing. This is my little revenge, these <laughs> dirty Italians. I love Italians. I'm preaching. So, how, how many of you get what I'm saying? But he came into this Italian house, and there he is preaching. And I mean, he's not sure he's in the right place. They're eating all kinds of detestable things. He's a kosher Jew. He belongs to the elite troop, to the mega church, you know, to the green room group. How many of you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Only eating. <laughs> no, let's, let's continue. All right. <laughs> and here. He stands in front of them. The Holy Spirit falls upon them because the Holy Spirit had to fall upon them because Peter would have never led them to salvation, most likely. But so, so God has to jump a step. He falls upon them to start to speak in tongues and prophesy before they have received salvation. Oh, you're messing up theology now. Yes, because Peter, you wouldn't get it otherwise. And he falls upon them. And, 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 and he says, what, what, what do we do? We probably have to baptize them. So, so they dragged them out and they baptized them, and, and he's not even sure he's doing the right thing while he's doing it. I mean, this is 
how lame the first church plant among the Gentiles came because these Jewish Christians were stuck in culture, traditions, limitations of the mind. Are you here? And this is sometimes what God has to do with us. You standing, testifying, speaking Jesus to someone that you don't think should be qualified. And the Holy Spirit falls upon that someone. And and all of a sudden he's speaking in tongues and he's prophesying. And how, How many of you have been to the missions trip and then the girl comes along that has got nothing in order. She's not fasted one day, not prayed one minute for the missions trip. And everyone she touches gets healed. And you, you wonder, what is going on? I've done everything right, you know. I fasted. I prayed. I, 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 I read the manual. I have did everything right. And here this girl, she just sneezes one direction and demons fly out. How many of you know? And you know she's still smoking. What the heck? I'm so holy. And this girl, how can, what? And this is how God does it. Hallelujah. This is how God does it. He just breaks limitations. He just comes upon hungry hearts. Come on, somebody. He comes upon people that are hungry and that are eager and that wants Jesus. Oh, I love this. I'm going to land. I preached a long time. I'm going to land. (laughs) Are you having a good time? I came here to bless you. And I'm here to say this to you. God will swing open your doors. There will be no walls in your future. Oh, I want to prophesy this over you. You will build a church that is open to people. It's going to be a Holy Spirit church where limitations are broken. There will be a church where people will be transformed by the Holy Spirit. And here it is from a first generation believer. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit will take care of stuff, guys. I was in every detestable thing you can think about when I grew up. But God will take care of stuff. He does it from the inside. He changes us. He transforms us. He makes holy. He changes everything. So this is so wonderful. Let's stand up on our feet. We're going to pray. I feel the power of the resurrection, the power of the breaking of limitations in this room. Let's lift up our faces towards heaven. Father, I pray right now for every man and woman that has come in to this Resurrection Sunday. Can we do like this? Can we all of us lift up our faces and close our eyes? Even if you are not in the Christian faith yet. Uh, but just respect my faith. Just lift up your face and close your eyes. And, you know, pay a little respect and honor to my faith. And I want to pray for each and every one of you. Father, I pray for everyone that has come in on this Resurrection Sunday. I pray for every hungry heart in this room. Those that feel that I don't fit in church. Those that didn't grow up in it. Those that feel I'm from a different tradition. Those that feel this this preacher is a little too wild to me. He's too African on me. Father, I pray for each and every one. Just lift up your faces and close your eyes. I'd like each and every one to do that. Can you do that? Just stand there in front of God Almighty. He sent Jesus Christ, His Son, to this earth to break limitations. He died on the cross, bleeding, sweating, crying, to break limitations. He said, Father God, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He knew us in our desperation. He knew us in our confusion. And if you would like to believe in Jesus, who died, who rose again, if you would like to look into His face, touch His nail-marked hands, 
touch the side where the spear went in, become a follower of Him. I'm not calling you to a certain denomination or theology or past. I'm calling you to Jesus today. The resurrected Jesus is standing in front of you. Lift up your face, close your eyes, and with your inner eyes, see Jesus the resurrected standing in front of an empty cross, standing in front of an empty tomb, stretching out His hands to you. Say, come to me. I will break every limitation in your life. I will wash you, clean you. I will do a miracle in you. If you are in this place today, you've never prayed a salvation prayer, or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, you just feel, this is my time. I can see Jesus. I want to have my limitations broken. I want to start to live a life for real. I'm going to challenge all of you in this room now to say, Jesus, forgive me my sins. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to become your disciple. And if you feel, I want to make this Sunday, what is it, April the 17th, isn't it? April the 17th, 2022. This Sunday, my spiritual birthday, my rededication day, my day where I make a decision. Lift up your faces, close your eyes. I'm counting to three. When I have counted to three, you shoot up your right hand in the air and you say, here I am. Missionary Johannes, here I am. Here I am. I want to pray that prayer. I'm going to challenge each and every one of you now. Make an adult decision. Don't let any peer pressure or anyone else hinder you. Let there be nothing that hinders you from making a decision. I want to believe. I want to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ today.